morning, everybody. It is Marcus and Henry with the Marcus Today morning meeting, or is it the Marcus and Henry show? I'm not sure. 23rd That's of really November. Hard. It's a Wednesday, and the market is uh, quietly behaving itself. Not much action overnight, Henry. Uh, not much action overnight, but uh, once again, the US market pushing up. So a pretty good night again for the US. It does seem as if half of least resistance is up. And as I've written, the market wants what the market wants. And at the moment, it definitely wants to go up. So um, we've gone through 7,200 with ease. Yes, and we've got a, a couple of what I'm calling the PPIs now, the pivot point indicators uh, going the right way for in the last 24 hours, having gone the wrong way for the last 48 hours. Uh, but the US dollar index off, what was it, 0.52% or something, and the US 10-year bond yield down 8%. So we're sort of watching uh, the ingredients of this little bull market rally is uh, peaking in inflation, peaking uh, interest rates and a peaking US dollar. Uh, FOMC minutes tonight. Any expectations from that, Henry? Well, hopefully no surprises. I wouldn't have thought so. The Fed heads have been out and about, haven't they? God, we've seen a plethora of them from uh, Bullard to Mester to uh, Kashgari. They've all been out and about talking their own books, talking what they think should happen. Um, it has been a bit of a distraction at the end of the day, but um, hopefully no surprises tonight to disrupt the US market. It's a quiet week as well with Thanksgiving as well. Usually a good week for the US markets. Yes, my guess, is, yes, notably volumes were again light uh, overnight. Uh, but my guess is that if anything, this uh, the FOMC minutes have surely got to have discussed possibility of 50 basis points instead of 75. I see them as a potential positive that we, even though the official statement and we saw a 75 basis point rate rise, even though the official lines were still uh, not soft pivoting. There must might have been some discussion about soft pivoting. So I think the minutes might lead us towards uh, thinking that the Fed are on the verge of uh, getting off. I, I quite like the expression in one of the news was getting off the 75 basis point hamster wheel uh, for the first time on December the 14th. So uh, we'll watch that tonight. By the way, the US market is closed on Thursday and it closes at 1 p.m. on Friday. So obviously, uh, a lot of people on holiday. Uh, so what have you got going on in yours? Quite a bit going on in your section today, Henry. Um, quite a bit. Some good news out there today in one or two stocks. I've just gone through another four of the stocks in the portfolio. So I'm doing that over um, this week, doing four stocks a day. We've only got 20 stocks in the portfolio as per my uh, new discipline. Uh, but we did see, uh, we've seen a good bounce, I've got to say today in Calix. They went into a trading hole yesterday as uh, one of their partners, Semex, which is the fifth largest cement company in the world, a Mexican cement company, um, made an announcement about their Lilac uh, project that they've got going. Uh, Calix didn't really know too much about it. And I think the Semex guys jumped the gun, but they've come out officially with it today. They're up 8%. Uh, Chalice also doing well today. Uh, they're up 6%. And a blast from the past, my little friends at Archer Materials, which was my one stock portfolio at 75 cents, um, had a good day yesterday, up around 20%. And it's kicked on today with the AGM and they're up another 7%. So they're up to um, 85 cents. So that's not bad. But apart from that, um, the lithium story is well and truly still alive. Let's face it. Um, and uh, that we are starting to get it trickling through into some of the smaller ones. And and the bigger ones, Henry, I note a piece of Bell's research. I put it in the ideas section today. No, yes, in the ideas section. But Bell's have put a bit of research out on mineral resources after their first quarter report, upping their target price from $80. Current share price is 80 
$57, upping their target price from $80 to $100, and talked about the speculation that they are going to split out their lithium business and say that a lithium demerger is an option to maximize value. They upgraded earnings, can you believe it, by 27%, 23%, and 30% over the next three years. Uh, the stock yields 6.1%. I've, I've read a bit of commentary on, uh, what was it, um, uh, Twitter about that piece of Bell's research. And quite rightly, my own suspicions are, uh, why is Bell's pushing so hard? Maybe they want to roll in a lithium demerger or something similar. Uh, but uh, have a look at the share price and the chart. Uh, I've got the price of, of min against the uh, spodumene, lithium spodumene price. And they're, they're both tracking the same way, both uh, going high mineral resources at uh, all time highs and speculation about a demerger. So still going for the moment. Um, the, uh, the, the company itself actually hosed down that speculation. So I don't know what they're on about. Um, they said they weren't going to do it. But um, interestingly, this thing's doubled since uh, I think the lows in June. It's it's a big part of the Ausbiz Investment Committee portfolio that we have. And we talked a lot about it there. It's been one of our biggest holdings. Well, uh, I used to look through fund managers' holdings quite avidly. And there are certain stocks that make performance. We used to have this thing in stockbroking where we had a, a 10 stock portfolio lunch and we would have it every year and you would pick 10 stocks and then come back and see who'd outperformed and uh, someone paid for the lunch, the worst former. And it is quite obvious that out of the 10 stock picks everyone came up with, admittedly they were quite speculative, there would be one that's gone bust. There would be three that are down 20, 30%. There'd be uh, a bunch, four or, four or five, who have uh, gone nowhere or up five, 10 percent, but the two at the top, one of them would have doubled and the other one would be up 500 percent. And it's always one stock that makes the performance uh, uh, look, the average performance, make it look like you're a, you're an investor across the board when in fact you got one stock right. And clearly this year, Mineral Resources as a $14 billion company would be the stock that all fund managers had to have. And if they didn't, they would underperform. It's up from $43 to, as you say, $87 since uh, June. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a, it's a funny one this because it goes through periods when nobody likes it at all and everybody hates it. It went through it in July and it went through it in February as well and then it just takes off like a scalded cat and there's no there's no keeping it back. So it's um it's been certainly a big bonus for us in the um, the Ausbiz thing. Been a very good former. Yeah. Uh, I also in the ideas section today looked at Fortescue Metals which had its AGM yesterday and their little quote was uh, we are set up for a cracking year ahead. This is a stock that's still on an 11.2% yield and a PE of 9.3. Of course, there's a golden rule of fund managers in resources is you sell them when they look cheap and buy them when they look expensive. Anyway, Fortescue Metal still, look, still looks cheap. There's just a little short-term technical sell signal. We don't hold it in the ideas portfolio at the moment. Wish we did. Uh, the other little message out of the ideas portfolio is uh, copper and sandfire I bought in the ideas portfolio this week. And we're up 8% in, what, three days or something. Uh, there is a copper rush going on, obviously, as BHP rebids for Oz Minerals and Rio. Uh, I had to laugh. Rio is getting set in copper by buying the 49% of Turquoise Hill it doesn't own in Canada. Uh, but just so you know, Rio bought their very first mine, it was copper mine, on the banks of the Rio Tinto River in Andalusia, Spain in 1873. And here we are in 2000. 22 and they're still getting set in copper. 
would have thought they'd have enough exposure by now. But uh, there you go. Anyway, doing okay in uh, Sandfire and uh, gold seems to be doing okay. We sold Northern uh, Star, but it's uh, up 3% since we sold it. I thought the gold gold uh, sector was going to tip over when the US dollar started to bounce, but going the going the, the right way. Just uh, just on the Rio thing, the turquoise hill, of course, is the Mongolian copper project, Oyotolko. Yes. It's a Canadian company, but it does have the um, the Mongolian project. That's its major project. So that's why Rio is buying that, because it has been an absolute shambles and a fiasco, and it has not been a smooth, plain sailing by any stretch of the imagination. It's one of the world's largest copper mines. It's about time, actually, we had the Bougainville copper shack. Uh, the, yeah. God, <laughs> you remember that. Largest. You remember that, where rebels were uh, driving 200-ton trucks over the over the uh, edges of open-cut mines and all that. Yep. There's probably still some pictures around of that. And yet, and yet, despite the fact that it not being open, when the copper price started to move, the share price ripped up again. Yeah, anyway. it hasn't moved for a while, though, so I think it's got a no. little, bit of, little bit of scope there. <laughs> it's down and out in Beverly Hills, that one. 27 yeah. and a half cents, not even a trade. But uh, yeah, you know the copper boom, if there is one, which there certainly doesn't seem to be at the moment, uh, in the copper price at least, then um, that's the one that everyone will pile into because um, it's just one of those stocks. Well, um, uh, Macquarie, as you noted a couple of days ago, had a bit of research out just highlighting the best copper exposures. The obvious one was Oz Minerals, which has been bid for, but the other two were Sandfire, which is why we bought it, and 29 Metals. So if you're interested in copper, those might be the go. And Sandfire, having just done their, what, 145 million dollar capital raising, probably in a better position than 29 Metals. And uh, someone asked me to look at Tabcorp, have a look at that in the ideas portfolio. Uh, I don't know why anyone would buy Tabcorp. It's not an income stock. It's not a growth stock. And it goes sideways and it's top of its trading range. Uh, I've also put in, Stuart's not here on a Wednesday. So I put in a Marcus Tekel section. Have a look at that. I'm going to just do some regular, they're quite easy to do, scans of RSI buy signals and sell signals. Uh, but particularly today, I've put in two extra little scans I've not done before, or I've done before, but I haven't published for. But positive divergence and negative divergence. This is where prices are either continuing to rise or fall, but uh, the uh, relative strength index, the momentum of the rally is dropping. So it sort of identifies stocks which are rising, but are about to tip over or falling and about to bounce. Um, I've got the strategy portfolio uh, in today. Have a look at that. Not much to say. Getting more comfortable with uh, resources in particular. It seems we've overemphasized, probably in the headlines, uh, the impact of Chinese COVID outbreaks. And there are some charts of how Australian supplies or uh, Chinese demand has just remained steady. Uh, and we have probably overreacted on the iron ore price and the sector. So the sector's going up at the moment, despite Chinese COVID uh, outbreaks getting worse. And that's probably all I've got today. Anything else from you, Henry? Um, just uh, a few housekeeping things. I'm at the, um, I'm going to pop along to the AIA meeting on Friday, show my face. Um, some of our members, I'm sure, will be there. So that should be a bit of fun listening to the um, listening to the boffins about what the outlook is for the market going into the um, the new year. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting, to say the least. So Good. yeah, apart from that, golf day. Golf day. Yes, I'm we have the market today. This afternoon, because yeah. um, I need to be hit. Those balls won't hit themselves. No, I, I do, Henry. I do. I w don't bother hitting too many. I do look at some players in our golf club who play off one to five and they must hit a thousand balls a week and really uh, a low handicap is a reflection of a lack of other things going on in your life so don't sweat about it too much 
but we do have the golf day on Monday. So Henry and I will be on Marcus Light, I think, on Monday, maybe Tuesday morning as well. Uh, but looking forward to seeing all you lovely members up there for two nights, uh, dinner and uh, a few drinks and a game of golf in the middle. The weather's looking a little bit better now than it was uh, earlier on this week. Now we've got a member we need to recognise, Henry. Yeah, do you think we should make this a thing? Well, we could, <laughs> yes. If people want to send us in their um, birthdays. I remember when I was growing up in the UK, um, having your name read out as your birthday by Terry Wogan or somebody else on oh, Capital yes. Radio was a massive thing. And everyone used to gather around the radio and, and, <laughs> and wait for their name to be read out. Maybe we should make it a thing on these podcasts. Yes, uh, we, we certainly could. Well, let's, uh, let's mention our member who has been a member at least 13 years since 2011. Let me tell you, we have members. Our website restarted recording electronically members in 2007, but we've been going since 1998. So we do have some 20-year members. Anyway, Wayne Batchy, I hope I've got your surname pronounced correctly. Wayne, happy 74th birthday. Uh, a shout out to you. Uh, thank you very much for being a member uh, for the past 13 years. Uh, and if you want to send me an email with your address I might just send you if you play golf a little Marcus today token of appreciation on your birthday uh, and any other members who have got any longevity milestones uh, don't hesitate to email Henry or myself and you never know uh, we might do a Terry Wogan on you and uh, <laughs> uh, do a bit of a call out in the uh, podcast so thank you very much Wayne for being a member for so long hope you have a fabulous day is Terry uh, Wogan good. still alive oh I don't know uh, Henry, everyone's now Googling Terry no, Wogan. No, he's not. He died six years ago. Oh, is he? Uh, yes. I, I, I um, was trying to remember those UK, uh, the, the really famous guy. Was it um, Tony was, Blackburn? Was, a, was it Tony was Blackburn? Tony Blackburn. Dave Lee Travers, who I think actually got um, got embroiled in um, some nastiness. Um, but there was Tony Blackburn. There was um, there was a load. And were they there? And they, for a while there, they were on a boat in the middle of the um, Solent. Noel Edmonds. There you go. No, Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds had a Ford GT40 in parts. I remember watching him, and uh, of course that was the Ford versus Ferrari film car that uh, was very famously in that movie with Matt Damon and uh, Kristen Bale as well. But um, you know what the best news of the day has been, Marcus? What is that, Henry? By far and away the best news. Argentina got beaten by Saudi Arabia. Now there's a, there's an Englishman uh, uh, speaking there. You you've got to be careful, Henry. My daughter goes out with an Argentinian in Canberra and he of course was devastated uh, whilst uh, you do understand that the well you will understand Henry but the listeners might not that uh, uh, Lionel Messi isn't it plays for Argentina he does he's got a goal and he and they have had the last 36 matches without losing a game and S Saudi Arabia have only the last time they won a World Cup game was in 1994 <laughs> so they gone and beaten Argentina who are must be second or third in the odds to win the World Cup yeah and and the the strike from the second goal from Saudi was that was phenomenal wasn't it? that was, was a cracker anyway well, I did feel a bit sorry for Argentina because they did have a couple of goals disallowed um, which is unusual for them because usually they managed to handball it into the net <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, God our memories are long and damaged Henry <laughs> well football is a simple game if you 
you're if you're an England supporter, it's a very simple game. You play for ninety minutes, you draw, and then you lose on penalties to Argentina or Germany. Yeah, uh, or or Maradona handballs it into the net for you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, good. Well, mixed emotions on that one, but uh, yeah, don't mention the war. Right, okay, good. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Henry, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow, no doubt. You all have a fabulous day. Happy birthday, Wayne, and speak to you tomorrow.